0: will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed welcome to another edition of bearing arms cam and company my name is cam Edwards. hopefully you enjoyed your uh, independence day holiday welcome to the second monday of the week at least that's kind of what it feels like here i'm not sure i'm on board with these uh, tuesday holidays but i guess you can't really move the 4th of july kenya can can't move that to july the 3rd they tried actually in farmville they had our uh, our fireworks on july the 3rd and not july the 4th i i didn't go I, I, always I, always a good you know time to shoot off fireworks but come on man it's better than independence day anyway we're not gonna be talking about uh, fireworks well maybe political fireworks uh you know in southern california uh, San Diego County has been the leader, quote-unquote, in red flag law pursuals, right? Uh, according to a, a big write-up at Cal Matters last year, this was last October, more than 1,250 times since the end of 2017, when San Diego City Attorney Mara Elliott launched the pioneering unit, uh, Jeffrey Booker's team has successfully filed a gun violence restraining order leading to the seizure as of April of 2022 of nearly 1,600 firearms from 865 people, far more than any other agency in the state, and estimated one-third of the weapons, most of which are handguns, have since been returned to the owners. Jeffrey Booker said, "Uh, Do you believe this person should have a gun? Your own sense is the best test. Uh, He employs a cable television thought experiment to illustrate how he tries to depoliticize the highly... Charged red flag law. If a case hypothetically turns into a major news story, how might it be covered by both liberal MSNBC host Rachel Maddow and conservative Fox News anchor Sean Hannity? Booker says if this is a case that they can agree on, this is the case that we're the kind of case that we're going to file. And again, they have filed a lot of red flag laws, more than any other agency in the state of California uh in fact uh, the 1250 red flag petitions that have been filed since uh, 2017 uh pale in comparison to the numbers filed in places like uh Los Angeles where until last year anyway uh, there've been only a handful of uh uh red flag petitions that have been filed over the course of you know 5 years or so now obviously San Diego and folks like uh, Jeffrey Booker say that the red flag laws are working, right, to keep San Diego safe. There's just one problem with that. There's a a new report that came out just a couple of days ago um, issued by the San Diego County government, San Diego County Gun Violence Reduction Community Needs Assessment Comprehensive Report uh, prepared by the Health Assessment and Research for Communities. And what they found, again, remember, red flags and the uh, the red flag law has been used uh, in San Diego County like no other place in California. So if these red flag laws are making a difference, we would expect to see that in the data, right? Well, here's the headline from the San Diego Times-Union. Gun deaths, gun crimes up in the region, report finds. That's right. Uh, According to this report issued last week, nearly three in 10 gun-related deaths were homicides. The vast majority of gun-involved deaths in San Diego County are suicides. The report includes statistics about deaths, injuries, and crimes related to firearms in San Diego County between 2016 and 2022. Uh, Among the findings, 1,310 people died from firearms or died by firearms from 2017 through last year. The rate of fire-related homicides rose by 56% over the last five years, and crimes involving guns increased 64% from 2017 to 2021. Again, while the extreme risk protection order is being used more robustly in San Diego County than any other place in the state. Here's a uh, graph from the uh, report that was issued last week, and you can see 2018, that's the first year that the San Diego uh, 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 prosecutor had this specific unit set up specifically to issue ERPO petitions, and the fire-related death rate has really not changed much at all in the years since all of these red flag orders have been filed. You had 228 farm involved deaths in 2018, 221 in 2021. uh, Excuse me, that's the average, 223 in uh, 2021. The five year average, 221. Um, The uh, death rate per 100,000, 6.9%, or 6.9 per 100,000 in 2018, 6.6%. The five year average, 6.7% 6.7% in two thousand and twenty twenty one. 2021. So again, no real change whatsoever. Again, despite the widespread use of these red flag laws, the gun-involved death rate, which includes both homicides and suicides, really hasn't changed much at all. You know, breaking it down, specifically to break out suicides versus uh, homicides, again, you can see really the, the reduction Uh, in San Diego County, has been in uh, suicides, uh, fire-related suicides, although non-gun-involved suicides have also been declining in San Diego County at least through uh, 2021. We don't know again about 2022, but the overall suicide rate, not just the firearm-involved suicide rate, was declining in the county at that same time. Meanwhile, you look at the number of homicides in which a gun was used, And, you know, a slight dip in 2019 from 56 to 52, uh, an increase in 2020 up to 69, an increase even further in 2021 up to 83 gun-involved homicides, again, while these red flag laws are being deployed on the regular, while you've got an entire office of the DA tasked specifically with filing these type of ERPO orders. Uh, according to that Cal Matters report, Brooker's office typically receives about thirty requests a week. Uh, they file in about a third of those cases, so you know, thirteen cases a week on average, where they're going to court and they're trying to take somebody's firearms away, uh, believing that they pose a danger to themselves or others, and most of the time, they're successful in convincing a judge that, hey, you know, listen, you don't want to be the guy that'll let this person keep their guns if they go out and do something, right? And so the ERPA uh, order is accepted. It is approved. The uh, firearms are seized. In some cases, uh, truly on a temporary basis. Uh, in other cases, you, you know, the prosecutor will go and they'll file a, a renewal order uh, when the original ERPA is about to expire, and they'll try to keep that individual away from firearms uh, even further. None of which, again, appears to be having an impact On violent crime, or even a significant impact, if an impact at all, on firearm-involved suicides in San Diego County. Again, let's go back to what this report said. The rate of firearm-related homicides rose by 56% over the last five years in San Diego. San Diego County specifically. Crimes involving firearms increased 64% from 2017 to 2021. This is the exact opposite of what we are told will happen when we have such common sense measures like a red flag law in place, right? Well, because, you know, sometimes the police, uh, their hands are tied. Somebody hasn't committed an actual crime, but uh, we sure think that they're a danger to themselves or others. Maybe they've made threatening statements. So this is a way for us to take the guns away and to alleviate that danger, only it doesn't appear that danger has been alleviated at all. Now, again, we don't know we don't know a lot specifically about uh, who's uh, impacted by the red flag laws because the state of california doesn't make it easy to find out that information so we don't know for instance how many individuals who've been subject to a red flag firearm petition have gone on to commit crimes with or without firearms i doubt the number is zero but again we don't know because the state of california doesn't let us have access to that information what we do know however uh is that Taking somebody's guns away, if they're truly a dangerous individual, does nothing to alleviate the dangerousness of that person, right? They can always get a gun illegally. They can always use something else to commit a violent crime, whether it's a knife, their car, a can of gasoline and some matches. And if they want to harm themselves, sadly, there are ways to do that too. Again, the reason why I bring this up is because We're seeing a lot of talk about red flag laws being this sort of, you know, reasonable compromise, right? Well, we're not banning guns. We're not banning magazines. Um, It's just a a simple step that, uh, you know, could really address these uh, dangerous individuals. Well, the data shows is that in San Diego County, where, again, these laws have been used far more often than any other jurisdiction in the state of California, there has been no impact, no measurable impact despite the prevalence of these red flag laws on the books, So if we're looking at red flag laws as some sort of magic solution to addressing dangerousness, to stopping crimes before they happen, it's not the answer. If it was, we would have seen some evidence in San Diego County, and instead, that's the graph. Basically a flat line, no change at all, despite the uh, growing use of red flag laws there in san diego all right before we get to our uh good deed of the day our recidivist report and our armed citizen story let's talk a little bit about biden's america which is absolutely crushing us you know you've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after another Americans working two jobs just to get by inflation pushing hard-working families to the brink just look at the price of lunch meat the next time you go to the grocery store i actually have to go this afternoon and i'm not looking forward to it in uh, a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. Truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call GoldCo, so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 company of the year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me cover, uh, place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver wall supplies last. And if you call them today, Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. All right, now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. I'm going to start there. I I, I wrote about this uh, for the website earlier today, but I got to talk about this too because this this incenses me. You know, we had this uh, mass shooting in Philadelphia on Monday night. And Mayor Jim Kenney and D.A. Larry Krasner talked almost exclusively about the gun and gun laws and how Pennsylvania and Philadelphia needs more gun laws. Why can't we have New Jersey's gun laws? Why can't we have Delaware's gun laws? Well, New Jersey and Delaware gun laws don't stop violent crimes. Uh, As I pointed out at uh, the website earlier today, California, with the most restrictive gun laws in the nation, also was the home of the most active shooter incidents in 2021. So the idea that we can, you know, end these horrific tragedies by taking people's rights away, you don't get to own an AR-15 because uh, this, you know, uh, whack job over there used one to commit a mass murder. Uh, you don't get to own that uh, 20-round magazine you've had in your possession for 10 years because uh, we, we don't think it's safe for you to do so anymore. That doesn't work to reduce violent crime. And while Larry Krasner in particular is out there calling on uh, Congress or uh, maybe these states to pass more gun control legislation, his own office is declining an increasing number of gun-related cases. And Krasner's office is not alone. We had a, uh, another incident over the weekend in the D.C. metro area where a, a guy went on a carjacking spree, killed a uh, 56-year-old man who was in a drive through just waiting to pick up food. Shot and killed two dogs in a car uh, that he carjacked, uh, allegedly, because uh, he's not been convicted. The 22 year old who has been charged in these attacks is a, a guy named Dayan Ross. And this WUSA in Washington, D.C. noted he had a bench warrant out against him for violating probation that he was on after he was convicted of armed robbery at Knife Point. At age 16. Now, the attack actually took place when he was 16, by the way, on the uh, D.C. Metro, which is a weapons-free zone. Concealed carry holders not allowed to lawfully carry their firearm on the D.C. Metro in self-defense, even though guys like Mr. Ross at age 16 uh, robbed several people at knife point in that gun-free zone. Yeah. So he goes to trial when he's 17. He gets convicted. According to WSA, he was actually uh, held in custody for a period of five years before he was released in 2022. Not long after he was released in 2022, D.C. police caught him with a gun. Um, According to authorities, he was arrested on August 11th last year on multiple charges. According to an affidavit, Ross allegedly had a, quote, wide-eyed stare when he saw officers while walking in the 1400 block of Congress Place southeast in D.C., then took off running while grabbing onto his waistband Officers chased him, during which time Ross allegedly pulled out a black handgun and threw it on the ground. He was taken into custody shortly thereafter. He was charged with being a felon in possession, carrying a pistol without a license, possession of an unregistered firearm, possession of unregistered ammunition, altering identification marks of a weapon, and possession of a large capacity ammunition feeding device. That's right. All crimes in Washington, D.C. Again, most of, well, all of those possessory offenses, right? Uh, Now, Ross, again, a convicted, violent felon. The case was apparently referred to the U.S. Attorney's Office. So this was not the D.C. Attorney General handling this case in D.C. local court. They referred this to federal court. But WUSA reports that the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia dropped all of the charges just two months later. Uh, now, WUSA says uh, they the office did so after Ross's public defender filed motions challenging the constitutionality of the search under the Fourth Amendment, as well as the uh, charges themselves under the Supreme Court's Bruin decision. Now, the Bruin decision did not result in DOJ dropping these charges. DOJ has continued to bring charges against prohibited persons since the Bruin decision was handed down. In fact, the DOJ's attitude is uh, the Second Amendment only applies to law-abiding citizens. So any infraction of the law, no matter how minor, uh, theoretically at least, places you outside of the boundaries of legal gun possession, but certainly uh, uh, the current prohibitions, uh, the DOJ argues are are presumptively constitutional, are uh, long-standing in nature, and uh, should not be thrown out. So Bruin didn't, you know, scare the U.S. Attorney's Office away from taking this case. Maybe the Fourth Amendment challenge did. Um, and I wrote about this again at Bearing Arms. Matthew Iglesias uh, highlighted some of the recent um, decisions by judges in Washington D.C to toss out gun charges based on alleged unconstitutional violations of people's right to be secure in their persons and property. Um, It may be, again, that there were Fourth Amendment issues here. But if so, the U.S. Attorney's Office owes the public an explanation, uh, whatever the rationale, because they had the opportunity to provide some actual consequences to this 22-year-old. Again, convicted of armed robbery when he was a teenager just a couple of months after he gets released from detention. He's allegedly caught in possession of a firearm. This is exactly the type of case that, you know, should be prosecuted in Washington, D.C. And yet, the Biden administration, Biden's Department of Justice, Biden's U.S. attorney, dropped this case completely. And now, less than a year later, Mr. Ross is facing charges of first-degree murder, uh, second-degree murder, even cruelty to animals for shooting the dogs. And the question remains, why did the U.S. Attorney's Office decide not to pursue this case? More broadly, why does the Biden administration continue to call for more possessory offenses carved out of our right to keep and bear arms? When guys like Mr. Ross, forget Hunter Biden for a second, when guys like Mr. Ross are getting a pass on their crimes. Today's uh, armed citizen story from Chicago. Now, this is uh, kind of uh, developing overnight. uh, The website CWB Chicago reporting on a attempted armed robbery that apparently was thwarted by a concealed carry holder. Uh, Now again, police still investigating. Um, But according to CWB Chicago, an armed man wearing a ski mask confronted three people and announced a robbery around 3.30 Wednesday morning. One of the victims, who is a concealed carry licensee, fired shots at the would-be armed robber, striking him in his chest, grazing his head. After being shot, the uh, would-be armed robber ran into a nearby alley uh, where police found him. He was uh, transported by EMS to St. Francis Hospital in Evanston, Illinois. Police say they found a handgun in a trash can near the injured man. Uh, Again, don't have a lot of details here other than what CWB Chicago is reporting, but uh, we'll see if we can find out more details. But this does look to be a case of armed self-defense there in Chicago. I would also say keep your eyes on the armed citizen who apparently shot back at that uh, active shooter in Philadelphia on Monday night. Police have been... And authorities have been very, very, I won't say cagey, uh, but they have not released a lot of details about that. They uh, they said that a, a second individual uh, was taken in for questioning. Then it turns out that individual was believed to be acting in self-defense, perhaps defense of another's. But we don't know all of the details. We don't know when, during the course of that attack, the armed citizen attempted to intervene. We don't know how successful that intervention was, uh, how many more shots were fired after that armed citizen drew down on that active shooter in Philadelphia. Those are all questions that the city of Philadelphia are going to have to answer going forward as well. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A uh, pair of friends who ended up saving a life late Monday night uh, at a beach in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, they're the uh, individuals in question. Uh, Carlos Manuel Escobar Bonilla and his friend Luis Montano were uh, hanging out at uh, Cummings Beach. It was about 11 o'clock Monday night. They saw a man struggling in the water. Good for them for being able to actually see anything uh, that late at night amidst the uh, waves. Police said that Montana then drove into the, uh, dove into the water, uh, not drove in, dove into the water to try to save the man, able to uh, grab onto the individual. He was underwater about 20 yards out in Long Island Sound. Uh, authorities say Montano pulled the man to the shoreline, lifted him out of the water with the help of Benilla. They said the man was unconscious, so the pair carried him to the parking lot where Benia started performing CPR. After about a minute, the man actually started to breathe on his own. Uh, Police said Stanford paramedics and firefighters arrived at the scene, continued uh, uh, giving him uh, uh, support, including, I think, perhaps oxygen, before taking the man to the hospital. Police said the man is currently in intensive care, but he is expected to survive. That um, likely would not have been the case were it not for the life-saving actions of uh, these two individuals in the right place, at the right time, willing will to do the right thing. Carlos Manuel Escobar Bonilla, Luis Montano, we thank you very much for your very good deeds. And that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but we will be back tomorrow. Thursday, not Tuesday, Thursday. In fact, we're going to do a Friday camera company this week as well, since we took Tuesday off to celebrate Independence Day. Uh, looking forward to being back with you again. Don't forget to check out bearingarms.com. In the meantime, we're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. And if you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. All you have to do, go to bearingarmscom slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We're going to say thank you for your support by giving you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else because your support matters. And it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your hump day Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.